0: Thank you all for coming back. That's always encouraging. So thanks for doing that. Uh, yesterday, in our kind of three-day adventure of understanding. Do we want to check it on what those guys are doing? I don't know what's. No, they're fine. Alright. Uh, in our three-day adventure of uh, what's the point? Yesterday, if you guys remember, we talked about um uh, This overarching question, basically, we're we're going through. Christians make a big deal out of a bunch of things. What's the point of those things? Why is that the case? And yesterday we tried to answer the question. Hopefully, we did. Of uh, there's lots of stuff that calls for your attention. A lot of things that says, "Hey, this is really, really important." Uh, Why is it that God is the most important? Why is it that the people at your church or Christians in general say, "Hey"? God is actually the most important thing in your life, and we should focus our entire life around that. And the answer we came up with was simply, everything in the world fades. Nothing lasts forever. That's one thing. Secondly, none of it was built, none of it was made with the purpose of holding your attention or your affection or this like, whoa, moment for very long. Like, remember the shine fades away. But for God, Jesus is always has been always has been is and always will be he's relevant yesterday today and in 500 years and he is so huge that he can hold your attention he can handle your affections. Uh, all those sorts of things. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention just on that before we keep going. I was reading, uh, there's a guy named John Piper. He used to be a pastor. He's retired now. and Now he just kind of really, I would say maybe he's like a pastor to pastors. Pastor people in ministry. And uh, <clears throat> he actually wrote something the other day that I thought was really interesting. That kind of makes this point again. Uh, This is after Jesus and and Luke is basically sharing to a group of people, like, hey, following me is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And he says, Jesus is unashamed and unafraid of telling us up front the worst, what's like really hard about being a Christian. And later he says, but Satan hides his worst and shows only his best. I thought that phrase was really interesting because... uh, not that school is Satan. I don't think that's true. Although some of you might feel that way. Uh, things in the world will always tell us, like school, uh, sports, or coaches, whatever. All these expectations. We have the feeling sometimes, like, this is the most important thing. Can you let go of that? Thank you. This is the most important thing. And it only tells you about the good stuff. It doesn't tell you how it, it actually doesn't fulfill. That it like remember that the shine fades. So for an example, uh, some of y'all have probably been tempted to cheat on your homework in school. If you've some of you are like not me. Hmm. Uh, if that's happened, I'm I'm assuming in the moment probably all that you're thinking of is, well, I actually it won't be that bad. It'll be fine. Uh, like you know, I don't want to get a bad grade. I don't want to be embarrassed by getting a bad grade. I don't want my parents to get mad at me because I don't get my homework done. Uh, I want to do well in school, and it's not that big of a deal, so I'm just going to do it real quick. You think about the potential positives which I would argue actually probably aren't positives, Uh, and you don't think about the negative costs, that you don't actually learn anything, that if you do get caught, it's going to be really bad, uh, that you're actually... uh, Taking advantage of your friends in ways that they shouldn 't be taken advantage of, but Jesus hold it for later. Jesus uh, starts off he 's honest about all the hard things and all the good things, and here 's the reason why so back to yesterday here 's the reason why because he knows the positives, the benefits of having him far outweigh the difficulties of following him. Does that make sense? Jesus knows, and he's communicating to us, having him, being with him, the positives that far outweigh the hardships of following him. And the reason why things in the world only communicate the positives is because it knows that the negatives never will outweigh the positive. In other words, we need to focus our life on Jesus. Today, we're going to answer this question. A lot of you in the church... Hopefully your youth leaders, interns, pastors, all these sorts of things uh, have told you, hey, loving people is really important. We should be kind to people. We should give up our seats for people. Uh, why? What's the point? Why do people, I don't like doing that. It's hard. I want, I want what I want for me. Why do I give to be kind to other people? So we're going to answer that question today. Y'all pray with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning, for my friends, for a chance to be together again for a new day. Spirit, I pray that you come and you uh, encourage us, you challenge us, you convince us of your truth, which is that you are good. You are so much better than everything else. You are the most important thing and that you've made us with a purpose. Uh, Jesus, we are so grateful for you, your work uh, over death through the cross and the resurrection. I pray uh, it's in Your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, there's something strange when things aren't used the way they're supposed to be used, right? Like if you try and walk with your right shoe on your left foot or your left shoe on your right foot, or if you try and use a fork to eat soup, like things just don't go well when things aren't used for what they're supposed to be used for. Does anybody have any examples of that themselves? Has anybody been around somebody or someone where like, they tried to use this and it wasn't what it was supposed to be used for and it didn't really work? Yeah. Um, leaning off a bump bit. Le- leaning off the bunk bed? Yeah, hanging from, the bunk bed. hanging from the bunk bed. Yes, bunk beds are used to be sleeping, not jungle gyms. Yeah, what else? Um, my brother was trying to get open a thing that wouldn't buy because I got this really tiny screwdriver, but he snapped off the head. Oh, no. Broke a tool? Yeah. One person was trying to do his hair with part, but they used a pencil instead of a comb. Oh, so when someone tries to do your hair with a pencil as opposed to a comb, that takes a while. Yeah, what do you got? got like a knife, and you, like cut his hand. No! Y'all hear this? Somebody was trying to cut something like you would normally cut with scissors, they use a knife instead, and they cut their hand. hand. That's not good. That's not good. Raise your hands for me. What do you got, big guy? Um trying to... Yeah. Didn't go well. All right, hey so Here's a little tip for those of you leaders who are a little closer to this, for those of you leaders who are in this, and for all of you in the room that have hopes and desires of being a husband or a wife. uh, When we first got married, my wife and I, uh, one of the things you ought to do, which we did, is talk about everything, most especially chores in the house. Uh, Communication is key to the successful marriage, and we thought, we're going to try and start off right. So we talked about... Who's gonna do all the things? And I, one of my jobs is the dishes. Does anybody have to do dishes at home? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. All right, how many of you, please raise your hand, how many of you use a dishwasher to do that? Okay, great. Here's the thing. Growing up, I only washed my dishes by hand. I would use the plate, use a fork, use the cup. When I was finished, I would wash the plate, wash the fork, wash the cup, and put it back. That was it. When I got married, I'm a little ashamed to say this, I was like, 20, oh, how old was I? 27, 26. And I didn't really know how to use a dishwasher, so my wife taught me. Uh, and then, like, third, fourth week into marriage, I'm like, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to do all the dishes before my wife gets home because I love her. And so I did. I put all the dishes in the dishwasher, and I got some soap, and I put it in the dishwasher, and I started the dishwasher, and I went over to the living room to just kind of sit and hang out while the dishes were going. And all of a sudden, I hear a. I'm like, what is that noise? And it kind of stopped and goes, doo, 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 doo. I go, that doesn't sound good. So I walked in the kitchen and here's what I found. There were bubbles, soap bubbles, everywhere. everywhere. Of the kitchen was covered in soap bubbles. For those of you who do the dishes, you can probably guess what I did. I used the hand-washing dish soap in the dishwasher, and here's what happens when you do that. It begins to foam, and the foam fills up the dishwasher, and then the foam gets so big that it finds every little crack and every little crevice, and expands out of the cracks and crevices and then it fills up your whole kitchen like a giant bubble bath but not the kind of like not the kind you like so I'm at home now going I'm a bad husband I'm a really bad husband I didn't I didn't not only did I not do the dishes now I just caused a huge giant soapy gross slimy mess what happened I used something in a way that it was not supposed to be used the purpose of hand dishwashing soap is to use your hands to wash it not the dishwasher it didn't go well, right? When we use things in ways they're not supposed to be used, it doesn't go well. Let's flip it. Has there ever been something you've seen go really well because like, it was just like meant to work this way, and it did, and it was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Because school, I was able to eat my yogurt with chops Not exactly what we're looking for, but that's awesome. That's really creative and cool. Like, for me, I'd say one I'm thinking of right now is, When I watch Stephen Curry shoot a three-point shot and it goes in, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that guy, his technique, regardless if you like the Warriors or not, it's, okay, Fine. Move on. I'm from Houston. Jose Altuve. He's the man. He's like this tall. The bat is bigger than he is. The catcher squatting is taller than he is. But when that man swings the baseball bat and then goes flying over left center field, there is nothing prettier than that moment. It's amazing. What else? What else? What's something that this is how it was supposed to go and it did? Or, yeah, what do you got? I don't know if this like is relevant. Three people left and it just happened to be the mafia, the doctor, and the detective, and the mafia well wait. The detective the detective gets the mafia the yeah. mafia the doctor and the doctor yeah. the person. Yeah, so she's talking about a game. Yeah. Like at the end of a game and the, this is mafia if you guys play that. If you just happen to be on the right team and everything lines up to be perfect for you to figure out how to get rid of the mafia and you do, it's a beautiful thing. What done. else? Yeah, what do you got? Whatever your anger was was in you aim the ones you all when you aim your water balloon really well, and it explodes perfectly in the back of the head of your little brother. Yes. That's a good one. All right, how about this? Does anybody... Okay, I am sure that most of us have moderately messy rooms most of the time, right? Okay. A fair assumption. Good. Okay. Shh. Now, I, want you, don't, I don't want you to answer like sarcastically or untruthfully. How good does it feel that one time you're finally like, whatever, mom, I'll clean my room, and you do, and everything is like just perfectly put where it's supposed to be, and you walk in and you've, you get to see the floor of your room. For some of you, the first time in years, you can see the carpet. How good does that feel? How good does that feel? Everything in its little place. Or how about this? One of my favorites is if I go shopping for clothes and I look at the clothes and like all the clothes hanging up on the deal are like in perfect order from small to XL or double X for some of us. Uh, They're just lined up perfect. Or like all the shirts are folded just perfect and neatly. Actually, one time I saw this on a YouTube video. There's like just like... Perfect things that make you feel good, like when a slinky like it's done well or like I don't know, when when like the a bow and a present is tied just perfectly and one of them was they had those t shirts like this t shirt let's say at Walmart and like the way they were folded, you could see the design like on the t shirt, basically underneath it was just amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> This, it feels good, it feels strange when things don't work the way they're supposed to, and it feels good when there's order, and things work within their purpose, and y'all, can I tell you something? Let me tell you something. God made everything, He designed everything to be that way. God has a certain way that everything should go. Everything He created has a purpose. In fact, the whole book of Leviticus, that's that book that most of us try to start to read the Bible, and like John said last night, we stop because we're like, well, this is a ton. Well, most of that book is their instructions, specific instructions on how to clean things, how to prepare food, what to eat, what not to eat, if you get hurt, how to get healed. All these like this whole book is basically instructions on how to do stuff. He made everything with a purpose, and that includes you and I. He made you with a purpose. I want you to raise your hand. I'm not calling you to answer this question. What do you think your purpose is? Maybe think of it like this. What are you really good at? What do you love to do? What's your purpose? Yeah. I like to do ballet. You like to do ballet? Dance. Yeah. What? Play baseball. To play baseball. What do you got? To watch, Netflix. to watch Netflix. You were made to watch Netflix. Okay. What do you got back here? Act. To act. What do you got? To play volleyball. To play music and make to art. To play music and make art. What do you got? To eat. To eat. I was made to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's others that think that. What do you got? Archery? That's awesome. All right, y'all, here we go. I want y'all to take a second. I want everybody to just shh and think within your mind right now. What is it that I love to do, and I'm I'm good at? Like I don't want you to be I don't want you to be dishonest with yourself. Shh. What are you good at? What do you love to do? Now here's the thing: some of you are really good at dance and love to dance. Some of you are really good at singing and love to sing. Some of you are really good at band. Some of y'all are really good at sports. Some of y'all are really good at math. Some of y'all are really good at science. Some of y'all are really good at uh, reading and writing. Some of y'all. some of y'all are poets Uh, some of y'all are really good at speaking Uh, God eyes up here y'all God has made all of you with a purpose all these things that you're thinking about right now of this is what I love to do and what I'm really good at uh, there are things that you're better at than other people and there are things that people are better at than you There's just the way it works That's actually a great thing. Here's why. Sorry. Here's why. God has made you to encourage the people around you with those things. Y'all ever think about this? There's no one else in the world who's like you. Nobody. Nobody's exactly like you. There's even identical twins. There's differences. That means God who we can all agree makes all things to have a purpose. He took time to make you exactly the way that you are. You have a purpose, a specific purpose. You're good at certain things. That's actually incredible, that God took time to knit you together the way that you're made. So each of you has an individual purpose. We also, as human beings in general, we have a purpose. We were made for something. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read about how we were made and try to figure out why it is it all happened. What is the purpose of people? Why are there people? So I'm actually going to read Genesis 1, verse 17, or two, excuse me, 27, then we're going to go down to chapter 2. I'll give you a second to get there. We're going to go to Genesis 1, 27, and then hop down to chapter 2. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Alright, here we go. The grass and flowers fade away, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Genesis 1, chapter 27, or excuse me. Chapter 1, verse 27 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Skid down to chapter 2. Verse 7. He says this, or maybe 6. Excuse me, four and a half. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub of the earth had yet appeared on the earth. No plant of the field had yet sprung up. The Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work at the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils, and man became a living thing. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. Fast forward to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you do, you'll surely die. And then he said in verse 18, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Genesis 1 says, God has made us in His image. That's a weird word. What does... Raise your hand and tell me. I'll call on you. What comes to mind when you hear the word image? Yeah, what do you think? Picture. A picture, yeah. I was going to say a photo. A photo? Cool. What do you got? A likeness. A likeness? Yeah. Uh, similarities. Similarities? Has anybody... Raise your hand. Have you seen the movie Milan? Yeah. Okay. Her song... I might need your help here. Her song, says, Who is the girl I see staring back right at me, right? It's my reflection. My reflection shows. It's when will my reflection show. When will my reflection show? What is it? When will my reflection show who I am? When when will my reflection show who I am? Cool, that's awesome. All right, hey. So, God has made us in His image... That means He's made us with a purpose. What it means to be made in God's image is that we actually get to reflect God. We get to mirror Him. We get to image Him. Show who He is to all of creation and to everyone in the world. That means the ways He's uniquely made you is actually opportunity for you to show how big and awesome God is. You get that privilege. The way God made you shows people all your gifts and talents... Through that, you can show people who God is. God made us within His image. He's also made us with a purpose. There's a thing called the Westminster Confession, Shorter and Larger Catechisms. Those are really big, I love how John says this, dusty church words. That basically means, it's a collection of questions and answers to help us understand things about Christianity. And the very first question says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, to... Hold on, what is it? It is to enjoy God and glorify Him. To so glorify God and enjoy Him forever. God says our purpose, our first purpose, is to enjoy God and glor- excuse me, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Do you guys notice? He says He made us in His image. We're meant to reflect who God is. One of the things He says is that He put in verse seventeen, fifteen of chapter two. God took man and woman, put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. Now when we think of work, we think of like hard work, homework, chores around the house. Uh, here's what happens. Work right here, in the way that he's talking in Genesis 2, is not the same as work as you and I know it now. There's something that happened. He said, if you remember, he says, you can have anything you want, just don't eat of this tree. And then we did. We said, we don't like what you think, we're going to do what we want. And then something happened, sin entered into the world and like a disease and infected everything. And one of the consequences of that disease is that now when you work, it won't work. When you work, it's not going to go well for you. It's going to be a struggle. You're going to put all this time and effort in and it's not going to go to the results that you want it to be. That implies before that event happened, before sin infected everything, when we worked, it was awesome. It went exactly the way it was supposed to go. It, dare I say, might have been fun. And this is, so here's what I think is happening right now. God creates man and woman and he says, I made a garden, go. In other words, y'all, I made you a giant playground, will you go play? All those ways that I've uniquely made you, for those who love music, go play music and get better at it. Start writing music. You poets, write poetry. Y'all who are good at math, do math. Y'all who love to run and play sports, play sports and share those good things with everybody else in the world. He's saying, I've made you a playground. Go play. What's your purpose? Go play in the playground. Enjoy God. And notice what he says. There was no helper suitable for man, so he made a woman. He made a helper. We are to play in the playground and we're to play in the playground with friends. You were not meant to be alone. You're meant to be with people. What is your purpose in life? To enjoy God, glorify Him forever. You were made to play in the playground and to play with the friends. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 22. He's in a conversation with some guys. They're called Pharisees. They're kind of jerks. One of them's a lawyer and tries to pin Jesus in a corner mentally. And then, just a heads up, don't ever try to out-jujitsu like mind jiu Jesus. It's not going to go well. Uh, here's what happens. One of the guys goes, he says this, Matthew 22, verse 36, he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Uh, and he said to them, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these two commandments depend, or excuse me, on these two commandments depend on the laws and the prophets. If you and I ask the question, what is our purpose? What's the most important thing in life? Jesus' answer is this to love God and to love people. That's it. You want to know what your purpose is? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you have life? Why do you have breath in your lungs? It's to love God. And to lo- it's to be loved by God. To love God and to love people. In fact, I'm going to double down on this. In John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. And He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He says, Father, I pray my request for my friends is that they would know me and that it would be with me. You have lots of expectations in life from lots of different people. You know what Jesus' expectation, His hope for you, is that you would know Him and be with Him. That's it. He says the most important thing, your purpose, is that we love God and we love people. Uh, Here's something that's true about all of us. We have a little voice in our head that pops in all the time. And that little voice tells us and influences for us what matters and what doesn't. Who's important and who's not. Uh, that little voice sometimes can tell us, uh, I'm only important. Or, I'll say it this way, grades are really important. They're the most important thing, in fact. That little voice can tell us, no, me being first chair is the most important thing. Uh, or maybe uh, being the starter on the football team is the most important thing. That voice sometimes can tell us, uh, hey... People are only important if they wear these clothes, if they know these shows, if they can do these things, if they have this skin color, if they live in this neighborhood. We have that little voice. And Jesus says in John 10, He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's himself. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Will you trust his voice over the little voice? Which voice are you listening for? Uh, my favorite uh, moment of the day, one of my favorite moments of the day, is when I come home. So if you all can imagine with me, my driveway is right here. Okay, I park my truck. I'll walk out. I'm walking down the driveway. And right here is this big window. And then my front door is right here facing this way. And almost every day I'll text my wife, hey, I'm headed home. And if it's not too late in the day, everybody's still up. I'll be walking, and on the window that faces the door, I'll see my daughter's face go right against the window, just smushed. and she goes, Daddy, and I'm like, this is the best. If we're at church, it's a huge church. We have this thing called the Great Hall, a lot of people hang out in it. I can be talking to anybody the whole time. If I hear this sweet, piercing little voice in the back go, Daddy, I like, I hear it. It cuts out all the other voices. It actually works the other way too. When my daughter's running around church saying hi to all the animals in the nursery that are painted on the wall, if my wife and I call for her, you know what she does? She immediately looks up. She recognizes our voice. She hears our voice. My challenge or question is, which voice are you going to trust? Are you going to trust God's voice over the voice that tells you that other things are more important? That other people aren't worth as much? God tells you, His voice says... The most important thing for your life, your purpose, is to be loved by God, to love God, and to love people. That's our true north. That's our true voice. And here's the cool thing. You and I never have to wonder if God's voice is for us or if God's voice is good for us. We have to question all the other voices, but we don't have to question God's. I would fight a rhinoceros with my bare hands if I had to to protect my daughter. I would get owned by the rhinoceros, but I would do it all the same. And Jesus says himself, if a father in heaven or a father on earth would do good things for his kids, how much more would the heavenly Father do for his kids? How much more? How much more would uh, he give to his children? If I my love my, my daughter Everett, but God loves her way more, and God loves you. He loves you. I do want to take a second to say this. It might be hard for some of us to get that. Some of us don't have great dads. I didn't have a great dad growing up. He wasn't really around. The one that was around was not very nice. So I want to tell you, those of you in the room that kind of struggle with the dad metaphor... I get it, but y'all, I promise you, the God of the Bible, our Heavenly Father, is so good. He never leaves. He's always there. He always provides. So, we're going to close with just a few things. If we can trust that God is for us, then we know that what what He tells us is good for us. And what He says is that we're made to love Him and to love people. His voice tells us to love others as ourselves. So raise your hand. Take a seat for me, buddy. Raise your hand. I want you to answer this question. How do you love yourself? How do you even do that? What does that mean to love yourself? Yeah. Like Justin Bieber says, go love yourself. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay great personality. Great. You encourage yourself. You call out things. Here's what I hear you saying. You're honest about the things that are true. Right? Y'all have great things about you. We like talk about Like we think that, okay, yeah, those things are true. I have a great personality. Awesome. It's true. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to tell myself it's true. What do you got? Don't beat, up. Don't beat yourself up. This is what John was talking about last night for some of us, right? We have a tendency to be really, really critical. Don't beat yourself up. What else do we have? What does it mean to love yourself? Yeah. You take care of yourself like you don't treat yourself like crap. Yeah. Yeah. You brush your teeth. You wear deodorant. You take showers. You like eat good stuff. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right on the money. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah. You do things. Hey, y'all, listen. Hold up. You do things that make you better. You spend time with people. That'll make you better. That's great. Okay, what do you think it means to love other people as you love yourself? Think about the answers you just gave. What does that mean for other people? Yeah. Uh, To care for them. To care for them? Yeah. To be nice. To be nice. What do you got? It shows that you care for them as much as you care for yourself. It shows them that you care about them as much as you care for yourself? Yeah. Okay. yeah, do you know those we you wanted to be done to yourself. Do you got something? Be respectful. Hey, y'all, can I tell you something really cool? Here's something really cool. Uh, actually, before I get there, I'm going to say this. Sometimes I think when you think about loving other people, it gets to be really big. When you think about this, this giant thing. Can I tell you a few ways that I love my wife? Like, tangibly? I, yeah, I married her. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it happened, but anyway. Uh I open the door for my wife, I do, crazy, I do it, no, 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 don't do that, I, I know my wife really cares about a clean house, so I try, I think dishwasher episode, so I try to clean the house, I do, you know how else I like, she's here at camp, she's singing, you know what I do, I walk up to her, sorry y'all, I make purple, I give her a hug, and I tell her, she's my wife, it's fine. We're married, it's different. I walk up to my wife and I give her a big old side hug and I say, "I say, wife. I don't call her wife. I call her Michaela. Her name. Actually, what I hey. Actually, what I do is I say, sweetheart, I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here. You know how your parents love you? They take care of you. Sometimes they even give you presents. Sometimes they give you hoods. Y'all, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's really cool about how God designed us to be loved by Him, to love God and love people. When you love other people, when you serve other people, you're actually reminding them about who they really are. There's this amazing scene in the movie Lion King where the main character Simba is super confused about who he is. He's living with a meerkat and a warthog, and he's a lion. He's eating insects, and he's a lion. And here's what happens. He finds himself in a really strange place. He's following a baboon in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night. And he comes to a valley, and he looks up, and all of a sudden the clouds start to do this really weird mystical thing, and it forms into the shape of his father Mufasa, who earlier in the movie, spoiler alert, gives his life to save Simba, to rescue him. And you know what Mufasa says to Simba? He says, hey, remember who you are. Remember it. You are the son of a king you are the true king you are my son when you and i love people when we care for people what you're doing is you are emotionally shouting to them emotionally shouting remember who you are you are the son and daughter of the most high king the person who created the universe created you with a purpose remember who you are you are valuable you are important you're significant you're worth something when you, you would be amazed, y'all listen up, you would be amazed at how much your parents would respond to you walking up to them and telling them, I love you, and I'm really grateful for you. While walking up, I'm, t- I'm, a da- I'm telling you right now, I'm a dad, i am not been a dad for very long, so my experience of this is limited, but I promise you, when my daughter walks up and gives me a hug, it changes my whole day. These small little tiny things. Opening doors for people. Gentlemen, giving up seats for the ladies. Small things to communicate... Small things of care communicate enormous truths. You are worth something. Why does this matter? Why does this ever matter? Back to Psalm 1 that we read yesterday. Here's the reason why we read it. So we can go back today. Psalm 1 says this... Y'all, we're almost done. Bear with me. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted in the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. His leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. What's the point of loving people? What's the point of listening to God? If you obey my commands, it will go well for you. If your delight is in the Lord, you'll be like a tree, firm, rooted, planted, and your leaves will not wither. What you do will not go out in vain. You will prosper. This makes sense, right? If we listen to what God says, it goes well. If you break the Ten Commandments, if you murder people, guess what happens? You don't have any friends because they're all dead. You murder them all. <laughs> It makes sense. Do what God tells you to do, and it's actually good for you. Alright, hey, last thing. Shh. Last thing, and then we're going to close. So what's the point? Why do Christians make such a big deal out of loving other people? About loving God and loving other people? What's the point? Well, the point is this. This is what you were made for. Just like a spoon was made to be used to eat soup. Just like dishwashing soap was meant for the dishwasher and hand, hand soap was meant for your hands, you were made to be loved by God, to love God, and to love people. Everything goes better when you function the way it's supposed to be made, including us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for today, for my friends, and for our time together. I pray you would be with us this rest of the day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convince our hearts that these things are true. That you and the story you wrote about us is the truth. That you made us with the sole purpose of being loved by you to love you and to love people. I pray that that would sink deep. I pray that we experience today both the, the amazing gratitude we can feel uh, of having people love us and the amazing thrill we feel by loving people. Spirit, come and help us. Jesus, it's your name we pray. Amen. Get out of here.